0: psychology podcast. I am Charlotte Skogsberg, your host for this podcast. I am enchanted to meet and to take you with me on this journey into the human psyche viewed from the holistic approach of yoga and ayurveda. Viewed from the modern man approach of clinical psychology and psychoanalysis. So, have something nice to drink next to you, maybe a cup of tea, have a seat, or go out for a nice walk in nature, maybe. Enjoy. In this episode that focuses on psychology, I'm going to speak about feeling tired. I'm actually going to speak about feeling tired today and also next week, because today I want to speak to you more about what we would call the psychic tiredness. Let's look at the idea of being tired. It's as if being tired is the new normal, right? the new black, if you will. But why? How come we are so tired all the time? And I would want to talk about two types of tired, All right, the tired psyche and the tired body. I don't necessarily separate the two, but we can approach being tired from the two perspectives. So, since I'm speaking psychology today, I'll speak of the psychic fatigue now what does that imply? Have you ever noticed that when something is bothering you occupies your mind, you have less energy free for other things or when you finally get to solve something to to speak with someone where there's been a conflict an ongoing conflict you might even get to the point where you share shed some tears during the talk, and then afterwards there's this huge sensation of relief. It's the same reason that some patients can feel really tired, for instance, at the end of a therapy session. I've had this quite a lot. Something is released. Some tension that existed is released. Now, in the spiritual circles in the spiritual communities, you will often hear the word energy, and it actually exists within the Freudian concept as well. Freud spoke about the psychic energy. Many of us, most of us maybe, have heard of Freud's topic of the mind when it comes to ego and superego, and maybe you've even heard Id. Some of you might have heard how he would speak of the conscious and the unconscious and even the preconscious. But there was also another of these topics suggested by him, which he named the economic viewpoint. And interestingly enough, it has a quite close correlation with the more Eastern view on the human life force. Because here he integrates that idea of libido. And libido has often been misunderstood or reduced to sexual, as in sexuality, energy. But it's not. It's really life force. Knowing that the sexual energy is the creative energy, right? The energetic flow inside of us that makes us feel really good when nothing is blocking us in its natural flow, the movement that it has inside of the body. That is the libido. And we have a certain amount of energy that we tend to spend either all in one, on one place, or maybe we spread it out more equally between different uh, fields of interest, let's say. We can easily testify on this when we resource ourselves by being in the flow, right? When someone's very focused on something and there's this just like completely fluid flow of energy. Or also when we've allowed ourselves to be courageous and just speak our truth. There's a release as well. Even actually the fact of just speaking truth instead of making up ideas, lies actually, or excuses, is much more liberating on the energetic level. And we feel this. Lying takes effort. effort. And so therefore, lying uses more energy. So when we notice that we are constantly tired, there we have a different kind of testimony. But it's one that tells us that for some reason that energy is not flowing freely. We're not liberating our energy, our libido. So where is that energy? What's happening to it? It is actually being used to withhold something very important, something very powerful, that we need all the forces that we have in order to push down and keep down our unconscious. Now let's understand why the unconscious has anything to do with this. We come into this world and we learn very quickly what is accepted and what is not in order to belong to the group, in order to be accepted, in order to survive. This means that we learn what parts of us need to be eliminated, disappear. But we can't make it go away because actually it's a part of our whole thing, right? It's a part of the package. Even if I would cut my arm off, The things that are not accepted in me will still be present. So what we do is that we repress that instead. We push it down. We are very well instructed with the model of reality given to us by the people who care for us. This means our parents, our family, friends. It means even teachers and mentors and whatnot else. And that model of reality, we accept it without blinking because our capacity to discriminate is not yet developed. As a child, everything that is told, we take it in as 100% the truth. This is why a child under the age of, let's say, 10 or 12, cannot understand sarcasm. There is no second degree. We take everything at face value. And what you have accepted here is this model, no matter how much it will make you suffer later, that model will stay intact. And you will, unconsciously, yes, resist Anything that threatens your world view. This goes for how you look at yourself and others, of course, and how you understand the world, the order of things. And even if later on you don't want to keep this model as an adult, because you can see clearly as an adult that it's not serving you, for instance, you cannot get rid of it Because you're trying to do it with your conscious mind. But this does not belong to willpower or motivation or creativity. It belongs to the unconscious. So in order to deal with what is unconscious, we need to bring what is unconscious into the conscious. And only then can we actually make the changes that we wish to see. The way we resist the changes is in behaviours we see typically self-sabotaging actions. We come late to a meeting or we get drunk the night before an exam. We forget things that clearly we could have just as well not forgotten. You know how there's things you forget, and then there's things you don't forget? Anything that is, let's say, holding us away from just the pleasure principle of things can be, therefore, subject to resistance, to forgetting it, to doing something else, to just not seeing what's in front of us. anything that might be a big change in our lives, that might bring a new vision of ourselves to make us question the model that we've had, that we will resist. And so how do you think that this resistance is executed inside of you? Well, we use all that energy to keep the door to the unconscious shut. In the unconscious lies those parts of us that could allow maybe for that change to actually happen. That perfectly made puzzle that's been the accepted model of how you look at things Whether you like it or not, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a good view of yourself in this one. It could also be that you're the black sheep, for instance, or it could also be that you're the lonely wolf, or whatever that expression is. And then later on, you're sitting there and you don't want to be the black sheep and you don't want to be on your own, yet you keep doing things that makes you stay in that position because that's the model that you've accepted for you. So the parts of the unconscious have not been accepted for whatever reason. And so they are not acceptable for you, which means that you don't even see them. You don't know them. You don't remember them. It is unconscious. And we rather just play the role that was given to us at some point. And to do all this, to keep that door shut, it takes a lot of work. So that drive, the libido, the drive for life, which can then, we can call it sex drive actually, just don't misinterpret it. That force does not care about what society finds acceptable. It's spontaneous and it's joyful It expresses itself completely freely. Look at animals, for instance. And Freud would call this action that we have of repressing the energy, the censorship. And the censorship, of course, is not 100% um, functional. It lets small things sips out here and there of the repressed energy. And this is actually what we call the symptom. Something that expresses itself that we don't really make sense of. It's very often that, actually. Things in us, in the way we do things, in the way we say things, habits that we have, different addictions maybe, that we just don't make sense of. That is what we would call a symptom, for instance. And if it doesn't make sense to us, it means that the sense... Is hidden. So, call, Freud called um, whatever this censorship is letting through, actually, and pardon my pronunciation in German for this one, "Philaistung," and that has been translated into "parapraxis" in English. In French, um, there's not necessarily a group word for it, but they would speak of the verbal slip and the actional slip, if you will. act manqué, which is like a missing action, which I think is quite good. Or the well-known Freudian slip, which is just a verbal slip, actually. Lapsus in French. Anyone who is a Friends fan will not forget, of course, the I take the Rachel of Ross when he was actually marrying Emily, right? So that would be the verbal slip. And then, of course, there's the interpretation of dreams. So the different, those slips there that I was talking about, that can be, yes, the saying the wrong word, or doing something like you really want to buy a new phone, but you know that it's not really the rational thing to do because your phone still works pretty well. And so though you decided not to do it, you keep, well, just making it fall, even though you really consciously not try to until it actually breaks. And then, of course, there's, the, there's a dream interpretation of various things. So all of these examples are things that would be, in the Freudian perspective, small leakage from the unconscious that pops up, which makes us wonder why we said that, or why we did that, or why we dreamt that, or why this happened. So the easiest, of course, would be to just release the pressure of pushing that door in and let the unconscious fully emerge out, which we are completely incapable of doing. So there's this conflict constantly of trying to make sense of things while, without realizing that we're doing it, repressing it. And that creates the fatigue. It makes sense, doesn't it? Because just imagine that you would have a conscious conflict that was just ongoing. It's really draining. Or imagine this, you're a a teacher in a classroom and you're trying to control the students and then there's this one student who just won't be controlled and who's just making a lot of noise and being difficult it makes it so that you the teacher needs to spread that focus you have in order to teach the other students Just partially on them, and then very much on trying to maintain and control this difficult student. It's exhausting. And that is what we go through on a daily basis, each and every one of us. It does not exist. A person living with us in society who does not have the mechanism of repression of pushing down things into the unconscious. Simply because if we wouldn't, we would go completely crazy. Hmm, brings a thought into your mind maybe. What about these people that we label as crazy? Yeah. So actually, I've been speaking about this normal personality structure now for a few weeks, the neurotic structure. And actually, when it comes to the psychotic structure, that capacity to repress memories, which is what the neurotic people do, well, it just doesn't take place the same way for the psychotic person. So, in a way, you should actually be quite grateful for your capacity to pretend very strongly that things that are there are not there because it allows for you to continue living and it allows for your unconscious part that you do not control by your thought to select what your reality will look like however and this is always the case when our symptom becomes such a problem for us that we just can't take it anymore. That is when you know it's not serving you. I am so grateful that you have chosen to give me some time of your day to listen to this episode. Now, this is all done on my free time. There's no money involved in this podcast So if you would like to support me somehow, I would love for that to happen. And you could do that by simply rating and reviewing. So what that means is that if you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can simply give me five stars review and you can give me a commentary. Obviously, if you feel that it deserves it. Once again, thank you so much and enjoy the listening. That is when we take action. That is when we go and see someone. And so why would we go and see someone about these things? Well, here's the thing. As I've said already, we cannot deal with something that's unconscious because we don't know that it exists, right? We're not aware of it. So the only way to deal with things that doesn't make sense in us is to bring what's in the unconscious into the conscious, And the way that we do that is to take these small signs that pop up here and there, the leakage, and we begin to interpret them. We begin to look at someone sitting in front of us who is just there to hold the space for us, who's the sounding board. And we talk and we release the pressure. And as we release the pressure, things just come out without us even realizing it. That's where the magic happens. And that's how we release these psychic fatigue that so many of us carry around. How do you know if it's a psychic fatigue? Well, if you're doing all the right things, living the right life, and yet you're not feeling well, yet you're tired, yet you might even feel numb or depressed, you can be sure that if you're doing all the right things and you still feel that, the issue is somewhere else. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast and this episode. I am very grateful. If you enjoyed this and you think that other people could enjoy this, please help me to spread the word. Share this episode on any channel that you have of social media or messaging. And even more so, I would really appreciate if you know one other person who might benefit from my words today specifically. Take that one minute it takes to simply share this episode with one person. Remember, that there's a human being on the other side of your phone, of your earpods, of this microphone. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what I've been talking about. So please leave a comment. Send me a message directly if you wish. This is Charlotte. This is me. See you next time. Namaste.